From the EBKV studios in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, you're listening to The Angry and Negative Show on Brotherly Pod with your hosts, Angry Jim and Negative Dan. Welcome, everybody, to the Angry and Negative Show. I am your host, Negative Dan. With me, as always, Angry Jim is here. Say hi, Jim. What's going on, guys? And uh, it is going to be a fun week here at the Angry and Negative Show. We are obviously uh, between playoff rounds. We are in the middle of the conference finals. Uh, So no Brian or Mike this week. They will be back uh, probably next week for the uh, prediction show for the Stanley Cup final. Uh, But we're going to have some fun today. We're going to play some games and some uh, things later on. But first, we're going to open up with some actual hot takes, because what is an angry negative show without Dan the Flyer fans' hot takes? So we're going to talk about restricted free agents. We're going to start with the Flyers and kind of broaden it around the league. Um, The Flyers restricted free agents, the four key ones, Ivan Provorov, Travis Konechny, Scott Lawton, Travis Sanheim. Um, but the interesting part is, you know, Ivan Provorov, uh, was supposed to have his contract signed before the world championships and that has yet to happen. Uh, he is not signed as of this taping and probably won't be, uh, recently or, uh, you know, in the near future here. So kind of interesting. Uh, I'm kind of surprised that he did not get signed. You know, he seemed pretty, uh, you know, down and set on making it happen, but, you know, his agent is notoriously hard at, you know, uh, contract negotiations. So, Jim, what are your thoughts on Ivan Provorov not signing yet? Uh, you know, I'm not ready to start. I'm not ready to panic yet. Um, from the from a fan's perspective, um, money doesn't really matter to me more so. It's more so the years. Um, however, if, you know, if I'm thinking about the team, which is, you know, as a fan, you want this team to win. And to win, you have to be able to add as many good pieces as possible. So getting Ivan Provorov signed to um, as long as possible for as little as possible, I think is exactly what, you know, we can hope for. Um, I don't know. I mean, he, he, his argument seems to be that, you know, at least that what's come out is, you know, he's playing just about a half an hour a game. Uh, He was on an upward trajectory as far as stats and, and things like that until this year. Um, you know, it's 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 kind of like okay, what's a bridge deal look like? Uh, if if you're not happy with a bridge deal, you know, it's it's going to be what six or seven years. I'm just throwing numbers out: six, seven years, and anywhere over six million dollars a year, I would assume. Yeah, that would be my guess. I quite frankly, right now, I would give him the Andrew McDonald deal. The six years, thirty million would be, you know, the way I would go. That's, you know, $5 million a season, which isn't too bad. It kind of puts him in the middle. You know, this way, if he develops further, it's a steal. And if he, you know, doesn't quite hit that plateau and we see more struggles like we did this past season, it's not going to be the biggest issue in the future. That seems, you know, I think that would be the way I would go. Six years, $30 million. You know, I, I don't know what a bridge deal would look like for somebody like him. And I think a bridge deal would screw the Flyers in the long run, because if he does get his game together, which I, you know, pretty much expect to happen, you know, they're going to be paying him quite a bit of money, you know, in two years from now, 
rather than just kind of try and lock him in long term for little money now. Yeah, I 100% agree there. Like, uh, what is a bridge? Like, what does a bridge deal look like for Provo? Like, let's say two, three, let's say two years tops. You know, like give him a year to get his shit together, and then one more year, and then that's the bridge. Uh, how much? How much money does that cost? Like, that could be from four to five million a year. Um, and you know, I, I'm in the mindset where if he does get a bridge deal, I hope he does get paid. I hope he does make north of seven, eight million dollars a year because that means he played phenomenal. Um, having said that, you know, they still have to add some pieces on this team. They have to get other guys signed. Uh, if if they can get him for six years, five million a year, I would be ecstatic because I I just finished I just finished up a, a show. Um, and, and I said something like, uh, you know, uh, Shane Gossespierre is making what? 4.5 million a year. Uh, something like that. 4.4, 4. Yeah. Yeah. 4.5. Yeah. I, I mean, he didn't have the greatest year last year, but you know, he's, I guess he's considered one of the better defense on, on the team. Uh, how can he make three, two, three million more than Gossespierre already? Like how can he make six or 7 million Already, and Gosses Bear's making four point five, you know, and and you know how I feel about Gosses Bear, but just for you know argument's sake, he's only he's only making four point five. Everybody wants to brag that he's he's making a, he's got a bargain contract. How can Provorov make more than you know? How can he make two three two three million more than Gosses Bear? Just I I don't see it. So I think what you said six years five million is is perfect, and I would be extremely happy with that. Yeah, that that would be the number that I would be comfortable with, but like it, it's too early to give him the Drew Doughty deal. You know, you yeah. just, you can't secure him to something like that yet, especially after the season he just had. You know, if he had a phenomenal season last year, you know, hey, I wouldn't mind throwing some extra money at the guy. But you know, with that seed of doubt planted now, you have to be cautious as the Flyers, who have been burned on bad contracts in the past, and still have fucking Andrew McDonald under contract for another year. You know, this could be uh, this is going to be one of the more interesting stories to follow. You know, over the coming weeks for the Philadelphia Flyers. Hey, he cost himself some money this year. He really, really did. Um, you know, usually. And we see it all the time. Players are paid based off past performances. They get these monster contracts. Not, be, I mean, sometimes potential has uh, a part to play, but in most cases, they they get paid from what they've already done. You know, and if that's the case with Provorov, he really, really hasn't done much to warrant a six, seven million dollar contract over you know an extended period of time if, if we're being honest here yeah he, he does have a, a, an extreme amount of potential we think you know last year let's i'll chalk that up to as a a fluke you know he did play better towards the end of the year but i don't think nearly the way any of us really expected him to play um so yeah hard for me to give him uh more than six if, I mean, if you're pro for all, and somebody offers you $30 million over six years after the season you just had, you're 21 years old, which I'm sure factors in. It's hard to turn that down, I think. Yeah, that that would be about right. You give him a contract now for you know five six years, it takes him into his you know late twenties. Then he can go after the Eric Carlson deal if you know if the time warrants. Yeah, for sure. You know, the Provo situation is interesting, but quite frankly, the other major three are not easy to figure out either. TK, Lawton, and Sanheim. Let's start with Konechny. Uh I saw somebody on Twitter 
say, give him the Dylan Larkin deal. For those of you who don't know what that is, that's five years, thirty million, which average, which averages to six point one a season. Holy wow. shit! <laughs> that's a lot. That's a Whoa. lot of money for what, what he could, you know, potentially be. He could max out as your second line right winger. You know, that's a lot of money. <laughs> if the Flyers, if Konechny was the Flyers' only major prospect. I could understand that, kind of like Dylan Larkin was for the Red Wings when he signed. But that's not the situation. You know, he, they've got a team full of talented players, and Konechny essentially put up an identical season to what he did the year before, numbers-wise. I believe he had one or two points better. But Konechny's an interesting player because he can do it all in the sense of where you can put him in the lineup. You know, he spent time on the first line with Couturier and Giroux, but he's also got that edge to him when you put him in the middle six and he can go out there and be physical and be dominant and score goals at the same time. He really is kind of that jack-of-all-trades player. And that makes it a little more interesting, but you still can't throw a ton of money at him, especially this young. I wonder if, you know, they try and go a bridge deal with Konechny. Yeah, and that, that's fair. Um, I, I mentioned, I mean, I, I can't really stop bringing this up, but, you know, he played with Giroux a lot. And um, if he didn't play with Giroux, would he even have 20 goals? I mean, I know he's, I love TK. I think he's a, a nice player. He's he's perfect for the Flyers. Um, I think it's critical that the Flyers get a second-line center so that he can play with somebody else besides Claude Giroux. Uh, I think Konechny could potentially be a 30-30 guy, you know, 60 points a year. And I don't think that's a stretch either. He's only 22 years old. Um, he, but he, he, he needs someone to play with him because I don't think that he's that guy that's going to create um, for others the way, you know, he needs someone to help him out. Does that make sense? He's a beneficiary. Yeah. Right, exactly. And, and we've said that before. Um, I know. I, I wouldn't be disappointed if, um, they gave him, I guess, around $4 million a year for, for a couple of years, four years, something like that. I don't think it's crazy. Um, and, and I'd be happy with that. You know, if they, if they gave Provorov $30 million, they end up giving um, TK $20 million. I, I think that's okay. I had something relatively close. I had him at six years, $25 million, which averages to 4.2 a season. Yeah, that'd be great. I, I, I could see that. I think, especially, you know, with the Sean Couturier contract working in their favor in this sense, you know, he's making 4.3. So, you know, it does, it, it secures him, again, much like Provar, it secures him long-term for a little, you know, less money, but he's still getting paid. And, you know, in this way, in a couple years down the line, if he does end up breaking out and truly becomes a, a legitimate powerhouse in himself and not necessarily riding the coattails of Claude Giroux, then he can get paid down the line. But right now, I think he's clearly an NHLer, but I don't think he's quite there yet. He's had back-to-back -back, uh, 24 goal seasons. He had 49 points this year and 47 points last year. So, you know, he's there. He does... He fits, but I don't know what his max is, and that would be where I would be hesitant to throw a ton of money at him. Yeah, and, and all the things you, you just mentioned, not that TK is not a good player, but I think there's more reasons not to give him yes. you know, a big deal than there are reasons to give him one. And that's not to say that he, he won't be worth it eventually, because I, I happen to think that he will be, just not right now. Yes. 
Yeah, I, I think that's kind of the difference is, is Provorov kind of has it now where Konechny could have it later. And I think that's kind of where the difference is between the two of them personally. Um, moving on, Scott Lawton. Now, this is an interesting one because he was probably the Flyers' best player consistently this season. I never really felt like he struggled, whereas everybody else did, uh, at least partial, uh, the beginning of the season. So... This is an interesting one. I actually gave him Michael Roffel's deal of three years, seven million, which averages to two point three a year. I, I think that works out well. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty dead on. I mean, he earned it this year. I think you know, with a, a couple more minutes of ice time, I'm sure he's you know he's going to play third line minutes. Maybe he plays fourteen, fifteen minutes a night. I don't know. Um, he gave you the consistent effort every night. You know, there's really not much more you can ask for. He didn't take any games off. Um, I was happy to see him score goals. Uh, I think he had a new career high goals and possibly assists, points. I mean, he had a you know a career year of 31 points. I know it's not much, but you know he played well. You know, hopefully he gets the opportunity to play more. Uh, yeah, I would say that's about right. Two million, two point three, anywhere from two to two point five is pretty solid. You know, if they could lock him up for a couple years, I would say maybe three, three four. That's fine. He had a new career high in. Goals with 12, assists with 20, and points with 32. Yeah, there you go. So it's just, if his offense developed, I could understand paying him more, but, you know, the goal scoring just wasn't there. And there were so many times, especially later in the year, where it was like, man, how many open nets did he miss? And it was kind of frustrating. (laughs) But, you know, if that developed, I could understand paying him more. But right now, I still think he's nothing more than a dominant bottom sixer, but somebody that you really want on your team. Yeah, I 100% agree. You do need guys like him on the team. I mean, they drafted him in the first round, so I know everyone's like, oh, he's first and second line, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, it's just not what he is. And they just happen to have more talented guys in front of him. Um, I know that's that sounds kind of weird to say, but um, he fits on the third line. He's a third line guy. He matches up well with uh, if they can bring Ryan Hartman back and then, uh, you know, whoever else is going to play on that line. You need guys like Scotty Lawton. You know, he can contribute offensively and play on the third line, do the dirty things. He works hard. And the fourth one on the Flyers, Travis Sanheim. This one is really the wild card of the group because, you know, he took a little longer to develop and then when he was up Dave Axtell held him down for a year and a half it was only when Scott Gordon took over that he really ever seemed like he was a legitimate player now when he got thrown into the fire he handled it very very well but you know I haven't seen enough out of him to really determine one way or another you know what his ceiling is and that makes you know kind of giving him a contract one way or another very difficult I say Give him whatever he wants. <laughs> I, I think this is the next Bobby Orr we got on our team over here. Seven? No, I'm just kidding. But uh, I, I really like Sandheim. Uh, unfortunately, this was his first complete year, and, you know, Hackstall kind of screwed him over for for at least half of it. Uh, I think, he, you know, whatever money they give him, he's going to be worth, I, I feel. So uh, I, I'm comfortable with whatever they give him. And I don't think that they're going to really break the bank for him like they're going to do Provorov. So, uh, you know, uh, I can't see him getting uh, more than ghosts, like 4.5, something like that. So whatever the, whatever they get him to, it's going to be a decent deal, I think. You know, and if they want to pay him, if they, they, they want to give him like a contract here, like 4.5 over five years, something like that, I'm comfortable with that. 
I'm, I, I think that's a great deal for the Flyers, honestly. I did not write down, I, I was doing some uh, comparable contracts, so I didn't write down which player it was, but I have him at four years at $15 million, which averages to about 3.8. Yeah, that's, that, that'd be outstanding. I, I, f- I truly feel that because I think he's going to be one of their top two or three guys. Yeah, I, I, you know, maybe I think actually if, out of the four of them, the best player for a bridge deal is probably Sandheim uh, in sure. terms of kind of figuring him out because we haven't seen a lot of him. But he looked good. I mean, he had nine goals, 26 assists this past season, uh, you know, in 82. Did he really play 82 games this season? Yeah, that's crazy because it seemed like he was sad. It seemed like he was out for a lot of the time, didn't it? Yeah. I thought he sat yeah. on the bench for the first half. Yeah, pretty mm. wild, man. Didn't have a goal. Oh, good Lord. He had two against Columbus on December 6th, which were his first two of the season. That's probably why I didn't do a whole lot the first two months. He, he could potentially be their, their best offensive defenseman next year. I mean, he showed glimpses of it on the on the power play this year, I think midway through the year when they were going through that hot stretch. He, he looked really, really well. Um, I'm surprised that they, they kind of – I think they were trying to get Ghost figured out and that, that power play figured out towards the end of the year, but – Sandheim looked good. Uh, I, I'm fairly confident he's going to be one of their better offensive defensemen, like in a big way next year. Yeah, I, I, he may actually be one of their best defensemen overall. You know, again, depending on where Ivan Provorov pans out uh, this coming year and, uh, and in the future. But I think Sandheim could be, you know, their guy. And, you know, you don't want to commit to him yet. But you don't want to, you know, not lock him up either. And I think, you know, a four-year deal kind of gives him that room to play with where, you know, if he earns it, he gets it in a shorter amount of time. And right now he's more on the show me deal. Yeah. And some other players around the league, obviously there are three big ones, Mitch Marner, Patrick Laine, and fucking Christ. I don't have the third one written down. <laughs> I have to pull up my own goddamn brotherly puck weekly right now on the front page of brotherlypuck.com. Mitch Marner, Laine, and, uh, 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 Fucking Jesus Christ. Truba? No. Well, yeah, Truba. Who the fuck? Uh, Braden Point. That's his fucking name. <sighs> I'm annoyed already. <laughs> <laughs> Don't edit any of this. I... I... <laughs> I, I took notes on my laptop, whereas I usually handwrite them. So now I'm all kinds of didn't have any. Oh God, Jesus Lord! All right, yes, the three of the <laughs> the uh, three of them are kind of the big ones. I wrote about it in uh, this week's issue of Brotherly Puck Weekly. Kind of, you know, Mitch Marner's situation and how that is starting to get interesting. You know, he, you know, they're they're the Leafs are going on the fact, oh, he's a hometown, you know, he was born just outside of Toronto and he wants to be there and but uh, his his management's going, Well, you're not gonna rely on that. And he's gonna be an interesting one. You know, the Leafs are already paying uh, Austin Matthews and John Tavares eleven million dollars. They really can't afford to pay a third player eleven million dollars. And when you're on a team like the Leafs, who are stacked offensively, Marner is you know, I don't want to call him a secondary, but a secondary. You know, it's not like he's on the, you know, the Coyotes or he would be by far and away their best player. You know, there are other players there to carry for him. And that one makes it interesting because, quite frankly, if I had to pick between Matthews and Marner to start a franchise, I would pick Marner. I think he's the overall better player than Matthews. He's not going to bring the goal scoring, but he's going to bring the overall better play. 
This one, this could be interesting. You know, I have a feeling he's going to stay in Toronto way or another, but, you know, if this doesn't work, you could see an offer sheet or you could see a trade, and either one of those would be uh, pretty historic at this point. Yeah, you know what? This is a really interesting situation. And if, if Toronto didn't have these uh, money problems the way they do, I would say obviously no-brainer. They're going to re-sign Mitch Marner. There's not going to be any BS. But, hey, man, they are in money uh, money tr- trouble here. And, you know, Marner led the team with 94 points, believe it or not, on a team with John Tavares, uh, Austin Matthews, um, Mitch Marner was your, your he had 94 points. Um so he he has to get paid. Like I, he had 68 assists. I'm not sure some of these other guys have the and I know that we're talking about John Tavares and Austin Matthews here but I'm not sure they have the years they had. John Tavares I think had a career high 47 goals. Let me just double check that career high. Um does he score 47 goals without Mitch Marner? I'm not sure. I mean his previous career high was 38. Um so, yeah, I think Mitch Marners is absolutely critical on that team, and I don't know how they don't pay him anything less than 10. Um, yeah, that that's going to be really interesting because if, if you're Mitch Marner, I don't know if I take – how much of a hometown discount can you take? You know, I, I, I think that's the thing there is, you know, there's a difference between taking a hometown discount and knowing what you're worth. And exactly. Marner has to know what he's worth because he's – I think he's, you know, kind of the, the glue on that team that, that lets Tavares and Matthews shine as brightly as they do. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, Tavares is, you know, he's a good player in and of himself. Is he that same kind of player as Mitch Marner though? Um, I'm not I'm not sure. And I never – I never thought Tavares was. I mean, he's he's a great player. Don't, don't get me wrong. Have, is, is Tavares a dynamic player though? Would you consider him dynamic? No, not not in the sense of some of the players in the league today. You know, I, I think he's very talented, but I definitely think he leans more in the goal-scoring side, more like an Alex Ovechkin kind of player where, you know, he, he's not, not – maybe one-dimensional isn't the word, but, you know, there's his the greater strengths of his games are scoring goals rather than kind of overall playmaking. Right, whereas a guy like Mitch Marner, he's going to make everybody around him look a little bit better. He's, uh, I mean, I would consider him dynamic. I mean, he's still young. Um, you know, he's still growing, learning. I think this was his second or, second or third year in the league. Um, let me just double check. I, I want to say second, but um, 94 points, even if it was his third year in the league. He's 22 years old. Um let me just check real, real quick here, Dan. Yeah, third year in the league. So 61 points, 69 points, boom, 94 points. I mean, some of that was probably playing with a guy like Tavares, right? But still, 94 points is a third-year guy. You're 22 years old. He's going to get paid. There's no way he doesn't get paid, uh, whether it's by the Leafs or, or somebody else. Somebody's going to pay him. And, for sure. You know, And that's the other thing with the Leafs is – they are paying, you know, they have uh, Nylander, who's going to make 6.9. They have Tavares at 11. They have Matthews at 11.6. You know, that's a lot. That's a lot of cap to commit there. And not only that, but they got Kasperi Kapanen's a restricted free agent this summer. Andreas Janssen's up as well. They have a couple defensemen assigned. Three of them are unrestricted and one of them's restricted. You know, they got, they got some players to resign. So it's not just like, 
oh, Mitch Marner's the only target this year. They can sign, theoretically, sign Mitch Marner to an $11 million deal, but then you're screwed everywhere else. And then you're really, you know, you're going to have to let multiple players go to save Marner, or you let Marner go to save multiple players. And I, I that's going to be a very interesting situation to watch play out here. If I'm the Leafs, I, I would have to keep Marner over some of those other guys. I mean, uh, man, he's just too, he's too good. Like he, I don't think he's even touched his peak yet. He hasn't even he hasn't even begun the well. Maybe he's begun the peak. Ninety four points in the third year, but you know what I'm getting at. Like, there's a lot of room for him to get better. He's here. only twenty two. Right. He's only like this is like Travis Konechny's twenty two, and we're talking about four four point two four point five million dollars. This dude's putting up ninety four points. Like. Well, I mean, sky's the limit, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, the Winnipeg Jets are <laughs> in it left and right. They are. Uh, they have a lot of players to resign this summer. Uh, Patrick Laine, obviously, the top of there. We'll get to uh, Truba in a second here. But Laine, you know, he was all over the board this year. Uh, he started the season in a big slump. Then he put in a whole bunch of goals in a very short amount of time. Then he finished the season in a slump. And that kind of... Uh, you know, a question to the Jets as far as what they're going to do. Now, he's another one of those players that is kind of like a no-brainer, but the interesting thing about the Jets more than anything is they don't really, they aren't paying one guy a whole bunch of money, but they're paying a whole bunch of money to a lot of guys. Brian oh. Little's making five and a half. Blake Wheeler's at almost eight and a half. Nikolai Ehlers is at six. Mark Scheifele's at 6.1. And they have uh, Matthew Perot at 4.1 for two more years. You know, they're in uh, defense. They got uh, Dustin Bufflin, who's at uh, 7.6 for two more years. They have a whole lot of... Co- one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight... 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 contracts up either this season or next. That's a lot. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, they have what, four, five, six, seven. That's eight. almost an entire they, roster. They only have eight players signed in the 2020-2021 season. Oh, my God. That's, I mean. <laughs> Holy that, shit. Dude, I don't know, man. Yeah, there's there's going to be some major turnover there. I think. I mean, I'm looking at Line A here. He's he's 21 years old. He'll be 21 heading into next year. First round pick, second overall pick. Uh, 36 goals, 44 goals, 30 goals. Uh, looks like this year. I mean, he had 30 goals, and I'm going to say he had a drop off year. He was a minus 24, minus for the first time in his career. Uh, I mean, I don't know how. You don't re-sign this guy. Uh, 21 years old, and he's got 110 goals in 237 games. You know, he had a weird year. You know, we're, we're talking about, uh, you know, re-signing Ivan Provorov to a, a big, long contract. He had a, a crappy year. This guy scores 30 goals, and, you know, I'm, you know, some people are like, oh, they, they might trade him. Like, no, they're not going to trade him. No. They're going to pay the shit out of him, and he's going to score 50 goals next year, whatever. He, he's a stud. Um you know, I still can't believe that, man. He was streaky this year, 30 goals, and everyone's like, what's wrong with Line A? But no, <laughs> he, he he did have long stretches without scoring. I think, weren't they blaming that on, like, Fortnite for a little bit, for a while there, something I like that? I believe so, yeah. <laughs> that, god, that goddamn game is messing up a lot of careers, man. Yeah, the Vancouver Canucks flipped out about it. The Phillies flipped out about it. <laughs> what the hell? That's crazy, but... Hmm. Dude, if there was any any shot the Flyers could get Patrick Line, hey. Holy shit. <laughs> Can you imagine Whatever. Line with a playmaker like Giroux? Oh my god. Oh my. No, I actually Woo! I mean fifty goals a year, right? Yeah. 
God, so yeah, nice. Patrick Line is a stud. That'd be nice, yeah. The other one, the more realistic option, mainly because he's fought Winnipeg on multiple contract disputes in the past, Jacob Truba, the defenseman who's 25, right-handed shot. A lot of uh, fan theories about him coming to the Flyers, you know, whether it be offer sheet or trade. It, he would be an interesting one because the Jets, you know, they got to put some money towards line A. They have a couple other players. Again, we just went over how many players after he signed. Committing to somebody like Truba long-term isn't the right move at this point. And that's going to make it interesting because what do you do with a guy who, you know, realistically is one of their top guys. Tyler Myers is probably going to walk uh, in free agency this summer. Uh, he's making five million, five and a half million this year. So he'll probably get paid. You know, they got, they got some homegrown talent in Josh Morrissey. who's hanging around and uh, uh, Joe Morrow, who's not homegrown, but he's still around. Uh, you know, and Sammy Niku there as well. So it's going to be an interesting one to see what happens with Chuba, but I would be shocked if he starts the season in Winnipeg next year. Yeah, that's kind of the sense that I'm getting as well. Um, it, it sounds like he's unhappy up there. I mean, I don't know how you couldn't be. It's it's cold as shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's Winnipeg for crazy. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, it sounds like, you know, this is the end of the line with him. Uh, he signed one more contract, played last year. Um, and now he kind of, you know, is making it known that he wants out. I, I'd be shocked if he's in Winnipeg next year too. Where he goes, I'm I'm not necessarily sure. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of these theories about the Flyers picking up a defenseman I until they move somebody, I I can't really get behind any of them. Like, how are they going to add another defenseman without moving somebody? Yeah, that's you know, <laughs> the Flyers are in a weird kind of place where. You know, we'll, we'll talk about the Subban here in a second, but, you know, they're they're in a weird kind of spot. You know, they, they seem to like Radko Gudis. They seem to like Robert Haig. Fucking Andrew McDonald's still here. You know, there's not exactly a lot of openings right now. And uh, Sam right. Moran, obviously, their top guy at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> That's always going to – I'm always going to give that a giggle. I can't help it. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, they're uh, – true, but I, I, there's no way he's going to start the season in Winnipeg. He fought him before. He held out before. He's not coming back. And I think Winnipeg is going to be a very interesting team moving forward because they have a whole lot of work to, ahead of them in the next, you know, two years to uh, keep this – keep their championship team together, which, you know, again, looking at the uh, playoffs this year, and maybe this year in the playoffs isn't a good, you know, example, but they did not look like the team they were last season when they went into the playoffs and were just absolutely dominant, you know, much like Nashville, where it seems like they took a step back. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there, but uh, their roster, especially their defense, is going to look a little different going into the next year. And the last one of note, Braden Point in Tampa. Uh, Tampa has $1.4 million in cap space at the moment. And real, uh, they got uh, three, six, was that, seven, eight, uh, any goaltenders? No. About 10, yeah, it's actually about 11, a little over $11 million coming off their cap this year. <laughs> That's it. Uh, Braden Point has developed into one of the better forwards in the game. He's only 23. Uh, coming off of his ELC, so going to be interesting to see what they pay him. Tampa, Tampa has so many fucking people under contract, expensive contracts, that I every time they announce one, I'm more and more baffled that they have room for it. They have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight players making over five million dollars. 
and one of them making 4.4. That's fucking crazy. That's a lot. Jesus. And I wonder if they can use the, the, some of those guys on the roster against point, like, like kind of how we're thinking, uh, you know, some of the flyers benefit with Giroux. Um, you know, it's Braden. I know it's 40. What do you have? 44 goals, something like that. Something like that. I don't have it up. Get I mean, it's it's hard to say that, you know, 44 goals, you're a beneficiary of playing with, you know, extremely good talent. Um, so I think he's he's going to get paid. Uh, but I, I don't know if he's going to make like $10 million a year like that. Jesus Christ, he looks like a fucking pedophile. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit. That's scary looking. 41 goals, 92 points. Mm. Yeah, I'll go out on a limb and say he gets like uh, like Claude Giroux-ish money, like eight million, something like that. I think he's in a very similar uh, situation to Marner in the sense that you know his play makes everybody around him better, and he's a very elite level talent that you know gonna glue the team together. You know, Stamkos isn't young anymore. Stamkos is twenty nine years old. Andre Pilat's twenty eight. Uh, JT Miller is twenty six. Tyler Johnson's twenty eight. For Christ's sake. You know, they're not getting any younger here. This is not the young group that they were, you know, two, three years ago. They're starting age. So I think securing somebody like Braden Point, who's only 23, should be the the main priority at this point, no matter what it costs. Yeah, uh, I 100% agree. You're, you're, that was a good point by you, actually. They're not exactly a young team. And, um yeah, they have to they have to get them signed. Maybe it's – maybe they got to do a slight – I know it's crazy to say after the the season they just had, but they did get dumped in the first round. They're going to have to redo their defense a little bit. I, but I think Braden Point is, you know, number one priority to get signed. Yeah, I, I think they're probably going to have to make some changes, not only to, you know, get, get Braden Point under contract, but they got booted in the first round after an historic year. And I think they're going to, even though all of them, the coach and GM at the uh, – the uh, end of season meet. What the hell is going on over there? Over here? <laughs> Sorry, you can hear that? <laughs> yes, very loudly. <laughs> the uh, end of season meetings for the uh, T- Tampa Bay Lightning, they were all kind of like, oh, yeah, well, we got eliminated. Big deal. They seemed very uh, uh, laid back and nonchalant about the whole thing. But uh, if I were them, I would hit the panic button and probably make a move or two, especially to get Braden Point out of contract. So that's going to be an interesting one moving forward. Yeah, that's going to be fun to watch. There's a there's a couple teams that made the playoffs that you know had stacked rosters, and you know they got to sign, they got to resign key people. So it's going to be fun to see. And, you know, the off season is, is one of the most fun times of the year, and we'll see what what they do. The other thing I wrote about in Brotherly Puck Weekly this week was the Jake Voracek for PK Subban trade rumors. And I ended up writing, I think it was like 700 words on it. I wasn't planning on it. It just kind of happened. Um, and Way to the, brag right there. I, I fucking, I wasn't planning on writing about that. <laughs> and I ended up just going off on a tangent. And most of it's talking about fucking Eric Carlson anyway. But um, the point is, is I like that trade very, very much. Yeah, because yeah. it's perfect. It Shorter term, yes, he's going to be making $9 million versus Jake Voracek's 8.2, but who gives a fuck? You get your top defenseman for a shorter time, letting the other guys develop and letting, you know, taking someone that weighed off Ivan Provorov while Myers and Sandheim build themselves up. Making short term, one of the first move, 
uh, Ron Hextall made as a general manager. Maybe it was his first move. He traded Scott Hartnell for R.J. Umberger. And his reason being that, you know, it was going to help them in the long-term cap-wise. And that is exactly what this would need to be. Now, granted, that Hartnell trade blew up in their fucking faces. <laughs> but this, you know, when you're, this is two obviously much better players overall. You're taking two years off of Voracek's contract. You're going to get, you know, $9 million off the books two seasons quicker than you would with Voracek. And you get your top guy defensively. Yeah, Subban had a rough year this year. He's 29, uh, maybe 30 soon. I'm going to fucking look up his age here. Um, uh, 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 May 13th. So he just turned 30. Yesterday he just turned 30. Wow. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, PK Subban. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, he had a rough season this year. But, you know, he's still better than most. And this would make them not have to go after Eric Carlson. You know, I don't know if they would pursue Eric Carlson or not, but, you know, he's going to probably get paid more than $9 million and longer than three years. You know, I love Eric Carlson. I think he'd be a great addition. I don't think he's as nearly as bad as people say he is. You know, everybody, oh, he's injury prone. He's slowing down. You know, I think Eric Carlson at 50% is still better than most defensemen at 100%. But at this point, I think I, I saw that trade and I was like, God damn. P.K. Subban for Voracek needs to happen this summer, and I don't want to hear otherwise. Uh, why would you? I mean, P.K. Subban is the – he's the fucking man. Like, he, like Philly hated him, but only because we wanted to love him. So like he's, he's the perfect flyer, I think. Um, he's exactly what this team needs energy-wise. He's a, He'd be a perfect leader for this team. Um, he'd light a fire under some people's asses. And then, you know, one of the guys that everyone's complaining about would be at the door anyway. Um you know, I think they would still have to make another move because they'd be adding a defenseman to an already crowded defense corpse. Uh, and they, you know, they desperately need uh, somebody else on offense. Um, but, I, you know, I don't know how you, you cannot like that trade. Um, I love Subban. This is your top four defenseman everyone's yes. talking about. Yeah. Like, go get him. If the deal's on the table, do it. Like, like you said about the contracting, that's even better. Like two two less years of, of paying uh you know north of eight million, two bands making nine, just do it. it what, I mean really there's nothing to lose there besides you know sixty points a year, twenty goals, forty assists, whatever the whatever the hell Jake gets. Yeah, and and there are people that for some reason love Jake Voracek, and it drives me fucking nuts. But I I I don't see a downside to this trade. You know, there's a lot more talent that you can acquire, you know, top forwards are easier to come by than top defensemen. I'll agree with that for sure. You can part with Jake Voracek. Yes, you're going to lose 60, 70 points, but if you have a good summer, you can replace him pretty easy. And if these fucking prospects are as good as everybody says they are, they should help pick up some of the spot, you know? This shouldn't be... This <laughs> I, I saw this trade and I was like, somebody has to make this happen in real life because it's perfect. It is the perfect trade for the Flyers. Yeah, 100% agree. I would love to see it happen. Ugh. I'm, I'm actually pissed if it doesn't happen now. Yeah, I know. I'm, I, <laughs> I'm like, God, this needs to happen. If it doesn't happen, I'm going to be going to be relatively angry. But um, not that, you know, there's not that there's any room for being angry on this show or anything. No. No. Well, that's about all of our hot takes in terms of real hot takes. 
So we're going to play one of the first games, uh, first episodes Jim and I ever did, probably the third or fourth one. We listed some of our favorite hockey names. And we're going to do that again. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you have the Twitter replies pulled up or should I? Yeah, I got them pulled up. Got right them here. pulled up. Let's let's read the fans' favorites first. All right, so we'll go. And this is by Mr. Gary Holland at the Boston Gary. He suggested Ron Tugnut. <laughs> <laughs> even still, even still, it was sure as fuck. Both of us. <laughs> like, dude, I'm 31 years old, and I still laugh at that name. So, like, when, when I'm young and I'm watching this guy, oh yeah, pull Tugnut. God. Yeah, get Tugnut out there. How can you not laugh at that name? Ron Tugna. That's by Gary Hong. Uh, you want me to do the next one here? Sure. All right. I got uh, – this is from – I'm going to skip Raider Frank because I know he's going get, to get angry. <laughs> oh, just, I'm just kidding, Frank. If, if you listen uh, – so Frank suggested Pear Juice, spelled P-E-A-R, first name. Juice, D-J-O-O-S as last name. So Pear Juice is how you pronounce that. Is the one below that a real name? You know what that's from? That's from uh, – and why can't I think of the name now? It's the, the hockey movie. Come on, with the with, – um, god damn it. Now everyone's Slapshot? Gonna... Slapshot, yes. Mm. It's from Slapshot. Ogie Oglethorpe. Hmm. Larry Playfair, I'm not sure. I don't know if that was another one to throw me off or not. Hmm. I'll fucking Google it quick. <laughs> the Flyers had a Larry Goodenough, so yeah, there we go. No one, no one put that on there. Larry Playfair is a retired professional ice hockey player with a reputation as a hardworking, pugnacious defender. He played for the Buffalo Sabres and LA Kings in the NHL, and has worked as a color analyst for the Saber Television broadcast since 1990. <laughs> hmm. There Good you go. Frank. So he legitimately exists. Uh, Mr. Nice Guy, uh, fucking just a bunch of letters there. Carter Hart, there you go. <laughs> yeah, Carter Hart, cool. <laughs> cool good, story. Good name. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Andrew Snyder, Essa Tikanen. I remember hearing that name recently. Essa- Who did he play for, Essa Tikanen? Let's see, Essa I'm uh, putting you right on the spot, huh? I got my finger on Google here. Uh, it was a long-time Oiler. Had stints with the Rangers, Blues, Devils, Canucks, Rangers, Panthers, Capitals, Rangers, and couple. Jesus. <laughs> Just half the league, I guess, he had a stint with. Played fucking forever. 84 to 99, he retired. Holy shit. Man, he had a good year. Then he played two more years in Sweden. Holy fuck. Tika. Essa Tikanen. Lou, so Lou Crescetto has a, a good one here. Zarli Zalapski. R-I-P. Uh, let's see. Zarli. Shane Mead, my buddy Shane Mead, guest on this program. Capo Caco. <laughs> which I get wrong all the time. I call him Capo Capo all the time. Luckily, he's not a flyer, so I don't have to learn which order his fucking name goes in. He may and, uh, win, actually, yeah. Maxime Shushko, the Flyers prospect. Capo Caco. Can you say that again? Capo Caco. <laughs> yeah. Caco. Is it Caco? Yeah. Like goddamn Philly sliding through here. Caco. Capo Caco. Capo Caco. 
Taco. Jesus Christ. Taco Taco. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. He might win. I don't know if, if anybody can beat that here. We have um, we have what sounds like a like a venereal disease, Darius Casparitis. <laughs> it's a ranger, right? Yeah, ranger. Played pretty for much fucking anything everybody in the metro, right? Yeah. yeah. The Atlantic, whatever the fuck it was called back in the day. Uh, Olaf Kolzig. There you go. That's a classic. Big fan of it. Yeah. yeah, I liked Kolzig too. With the guy, didn't he have the Godzilla helmet? Yeah. Yeah, that was a cool one. Link gets who the fuck is that? You know, it's funny that showed up on there because I saw a fan jersey uh, from a Sharks game. I guess he played for the Sharks. What the fuck? That guy looks like a, oh Jesus Christ! Is he a pedophile? <laughs> he looks like oh god! I don't even look at him. Put his place Wikipedia and move on here. He doesn't even have his fucking. Is he dead? <laughs> Thrown from the passenger seat of a car driven by a friend. It was fucking Danny Heatley driving. Oh my god! <laughs> Wait, who who was actually in the car with him? That was uh, was that Dan Snyder, wasn't it? Oh, oh, he died, right? Somebody died. Yeah. Shit, that's right. Dad, Whatever that? happened to Danny Heatley? He was a good player. He was in the Ducks minor league team, then he went to Germany because he sucked. Uh, yeah, he went south quick, I was feel like. Dan Snyder, was that his name? Something, I thought his last name was Snyder. Dan Snyder. Yeah, this is Dan Snyder. R.I.P. Dan Snyder. Ugh. Jesus. We got uh, Jeff Bookaboom on here. He was a fun name to say back in the day. He died of septic shock. After Gates? he fell into a coma. Jesus Christ. No, Dan Snyder. Oh. Gates? No, I don't know what the fuck's up with this guy. He looks... He's, he's like 700 pounds. Was he a real player? Played in the National Hockey League with the Minnesota North Stars and San Jose Sharks. Huh. Couldn't have been much of a career. I gotta look this guy he's up. Not even a, oh, there he does have a hockey reference. All right, good. Played 65 games. <laughs> Holy oh. shit. 65 games with 412 penalty minutes. What? <laughs> Holy shit. Six goals, eight assists with 412 penalty minutes. How in the fuck? The, you got to see this guy's player picture from when he played with the North Stars. His whole face is smashed in. Guy's like, what the fuck? Played, uh, yeah. 17 games with the North Stars and 48 games with the Sharks. In 88, 89, and 91. Huh. Well, Link Getz is apparently a real thing. Sorry for doubting you, Eagles 52. <laughs> uh, Matthew Moretta, Aki Berg. Is that real? That's a good one. Yeah. I feel like I don't know any of these players. Uh, we could do uh, one more here. I think we skipped. We skipped Pughead, Radic Bonk. That's a good one. Played for the Sens. Classic. Huh? Yeah, classic. Did we miss anybody? Mm, besides Raider Frank. <laughs> uh, let's see. No, 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 no. Lincoln's. Yeah, Matt Zuccarello in the bottom there. From uh, M. H. Anderson. I feel like that's a typical Italian name. You got something against Italians, buddy? Matt Zuccarello's Italian? I thought he was, like, Danish. Yeah, he is, but Zuccarello's an Italian name. Hmm. A Danish-Italian. Matt 
Zaccarello. Let's see here. Where is he from? Yeah, you're right. Norwegian? Yeah. Dan is always right. <laughs> All right, let's move on to some of our names here. Ow. What the fuck did I just hit my knee? Uh, my favorite name in the NHL right now because it makes me laugh every time. Neil Pionk. <laughs> Why does that make you laugh? That's just a funny last name. P-I-O-N-K because no matter... Before I knew how it was pronounced, no matter how I tried to pronounce it, it was always funny. Pionk or Pionk or... <laughs> like that. Uh, always made me Pionk. 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 Hang on here. I got a... Uh... Hang on. I feel like a typical typical hockey name usually starts with Ulf, and then it's usually followed up by a, like a Swedish or Samuelson. Uh, yeah, something like yeah, Ulf Samuelson. I feel like that's just a typical old school hockey name. You got uh, another one, another current player, Slater Cuckoo. That's a good one. Quack quack. I always like that better than Cuckoo, but apparently it's fucking Cuckoo. That sounds just like uh, Chichu. Jonathan Chichu. Chichu yeah. And then you got the other one, Jordan Tutu. What is it with these last names? Oh. Tutu, Chichu, Cuckoo. I wonder where they're from. I think Cuckoo is uh, British. Isn't it? Is it really? I think so. Huh. Maybe he's from Canada. I thought he was British. Is this family friendly? Yanni hmm. Ninema is still one of my favorite... Uh, Favorite hockey names. Yanni Ninema. I thought he was fucking... Maybe he's not British. Hmm. Maybe I'm mistaken him. Whoa, that wind is fucking loud out there. Jeez. Yeah. Um, anyway, what the fuck are we talking about? Hockey names. Hockey bro. names. Uh, Vladimir Orsog. I always liked him. I love that name, Vladimir. It's such a badass name. <laughs> Got uh, Maxim Afiniganov, the saber. That's a good one. Paul Korea, as always. I just bought his jersey the other day, too. Paul Korea, that's a good jersey. Yeah, the uh, white ducks jersey. Now you mentioned uh, Afiniganov. Wasn't there another A name, a long one? Uh, like Afinisenkov or something like that? Probably. Alexia, I can't remember the first name now. Alexia, God damn it. something or other. Branko Radovojevic, there's always that one. Ah, uh, man, that's the first one I thought of when we decided to do it's this. Classic. And the one, probably the most obscure one I found, Jason Bakashua. Was he a goalie? Yes. for the He played like 40 games for the Blues in the early 2000s. Oh my god! Yeah, I could never, I could never pronounce that. I, one. I had to Bokashi look it up today. Who? I saw, I was looking through names uh, from, I was looking at stats through the early two thousands and stuff, and I saw his name, and I'm like, you know, I always wondered how to pronounce that. And I had to look it up, and Bakashua. That might take the cake. That one, he might, have, you know, he might be the best at something. Bakashua, <laughs> Bakashua, Jason nah. Bakashua. Jeez, what a name! What hey, a how do you? F- out of the out of the names we got on Twitter, how do you feel about uh, announcing a winner? Uh, I have to pull it back up. Hang on. As long as Raider Frank loses. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Frank. If you're listening, I don't know if you know how computers work or not. 
That was Dan. That was not Jim. That, that was, was Dan. Dan, the Flyer fan. <laughs> <laughs> I will look forward to your hate mail tomorrow. <laughs> Don't add him. Ah, uh, let's see. Um, mm, it's got to be Tugnut or Capo, right? Yeah, I would say so. Okay, Gary and Shane, you win. You get nothing, but you win. <laughs> you get to listen to our show. You get, yeah, you get to <laughs> get to listen to us diss everybody else. Yes. <sighs> you got any more names? Or are we good? That's, uh, I think that's all my names. Uh, Ziggy Palfi is my other one last one. Ah, classic. I, I used to actually used to like him. Even when he played against the Flyers, I thought he was a great player. Just bought his jersey not too long ago, too. Yeah, he was fun. He was fun to watch. Purple Kings jersey. There you go. The fucking greatest goddamn Kings jerseys, and they never wore them. They wore them for like one season. Is that the one with the, the crown? Um, I'm not sure if this one had the crown. They had two different... They had one with the crown and one with their, like, alternate logo on it. The crest. Where the fuck is it? Mm. You got a, You have a problem over there. I have far too many hockey jerseys. That is a problem, yes. Where the fuck is it? In the... ah, fucking shit. Ugh. Been putting my jerseys away for the summer and realizing I have fucking far too many of them. Yeah. Uh, Sackick, Langenbrunner... What is that? Langenbrunner. Oh my god. You have like a, you have entire teams worth of jerseys. I probably have well over a hundred by now, yes. Uh Alex Lafreniere. He's not an NHLer yet, but there you go. He's another good one. Future, the future flyer. Is this fucking goddamn Ziggy Puffy jersey? Fucker. Over here? There it is. Uh this one. Yes, it has the crown on it, yeah. Is black or purple or purple. yellow? The purple and black ones with the Los Angeles written at the bottom. Oh. Uh, it's, those are the best. Beautiful. Now I gotta fucking put it back. <laughs> you know what? We're gonna just leave this here and I'll deal with it later. Um, yeah, let's let's we're gonna talk about some of our favorite players, both flyers and non-flyers. We told Jim to. Pick a starting six. Three forwards, two defensemen, one goalie of your favorite flyers. Why don't you uh, start us off here? So, I mean, forwards, uh, you obviously, this is all time, right? Mm hmm. I think obviously Eric Lindros has to be on there. Um, you know, growing up as a kid, he's probably the first player I actually, you know, truly, really, really liked. For my first favorite player, I guess you could say. Um, when you know it was great watching him and then you know when he got hurt it was devastating to me i think i may have been 13, 12 13 14 years old um you know and when you're when you're a kid you i guess you don't ever expect anything like that to happen so i was i was devastated with all that i couldn't believe that that was happening um so anyway not to get all you know dark and go down that <laughs> road but <laughs> eric lindros is definitely uh, my center um I think John LeClaire's got to be on there as well. Um, you know, he's, I think he scored 50 goals a couple times there. Definitely scored 40 goals. Twice. See, like, this is hard for me because, I mean, it was hard for me to come up with some of these names. Because, like, I have to pick a right winger, right? Uh, I just went by forwards. I didn't specify oh, okay. positions. Yeah, cool. So, I mean, 
a player that I really liked growing up as well. And, you know, I always hoped, and I'm leaving a lot of great players off this list here, but I'm, I'm just naming a couple of my favorites. Um, I, I really, really enjoyed the way Jeremy Roenick played hockey. And, um, you know, you, you know how you always kind of hope that, you know, the Flyers get one of your players? Um, mm-hmm. Well, they did it that year, and I was like, holy shit, the Flyers just got Jeremy Roenick. Um, so he, he's probably going to round out my top three forwards there. So Leclerc, Lindros, Jeremy Roenick. As far as defense, I mean, this was a little hard for me because I never really gave a shit about defense. I mean, Eric, <laughs> I'm just, I was, I'm being honest. Like Eric Desjardins was here for a long time and I always kind of busted his balls. He was a great player, but I, you know, I felt like he never hit the net. Um, no, let me, let me see here. I mean, Chris Pronger was around, but. You know, he wasn't really a flyer for that long. I never really fell in love with him. I was kind of actually disappointed when they traded for him, to tell you the truth, because I felt, I felt like they gave up a lot. And I, I was upset that they gave up Lucas Pisa, if you can believe that. Um, so maybe, I have uh, his jersey, too. Do you really? <laughs> yep, and it's signed, actually. Wow. Yeah. Um, so let me see here. Uh Flyers defense. See, this was a little hard for me to think. I really liked Yanni Nienema, and I know I'm going to get shit for that. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I really liked Yoni Pitkinen a lot, okay? Like, I like Pitkinen, were, too. Yeah, those were two guys I really liked watching growing up, uh, so I, I, I picked them. I mean, I could have easily picked guys on the current roster and things like that, but, you know, I, it's just so crazy. I picked great forwards and Yanni Nienema and Yoni Pitkinen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> As far as goalie, uh, I'll go with Roman Czechmonic. I really liked watching him play, as crazy as he was. All right, well, let's jump over here to mine. Uh, forwards, the three. Peter Forsberg was my number one. I loved Peter Forsberg. I was a big Avalanche fan growing up as well. I watched a lot of Avalanche, and when they reacquired him, I was fucking so excited. Uh, I believe he only played 100 games in Philadelphia over those two years because he was always injured at that point. He basically was missing a leg, but still great. Still one of my favorites. Uh, other Another one, Keith Primo. Pro- oh, hell yeah. Probably one of my favorite, you know, players of all time, let alone Flyers. And I, I always liked him. I always liked uh, Brenda Moore as well. And then when they traded for Primo, I was excited. So and I was a Hurricanes fan growing up. Uh, Saw a lot of uh, Keith Primo down there as well. So, and the third, Simone Gagne. I love that pick. I, I was upset that I had to leave him off mine. I was. Is just God. He was great, especially when yeah. he was young. God, fuck, he was fantastic through the early two thousands. And could you he, imagine if he had Giroux and or, or like a Forsberg for an extended period of time? Yeah, I mean, if he had uh, Forsberg a couple years earlier and Forsberg wasn't half dead at that point. God damn. I mean, they, they those two are great as it was, you know, at 50%. They would have been phenomenal at 100%. Uh, the defensemen were a little easier for me. Uh, Eric Desjardins and Samuel Moran, of course. Uh, <laughs> I can't stop. I got to stop laughing at that. <laughs> the the alternate there would have been Kimo Timonen. Oh, there you go. I, I completely forgot about Timonen, too. I, I always liked Desjardins a lot more than Timonen. Um Nothing against Chemo, but I don't know. Desjardins was always... I guess Desjardins... I watched him a lot as a kid, so there's probably some fond memories there when, in reality, he, I don't know if he was that good or not. But And the goaltender, of course, the greatest goaltender of all time, Robert Esch. 
the man with the greatest name of all time. Robert. That's your, uh, your, your uncle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. Actually. <laughs> uh, I have uh multiple Robert S jerseys, actually four or five right now. Uh, Oh yes. And then we, the non flyers starters of all time, three forwards, two defensemen, one goaltender. So I'm going to go ahead and start with goaltending first here. And, you know, I always liked watching this guy play. You never knew what he was going to do. He was kind of like a, a loose cannon, which is kind of rare to see from, from goalies. And I'm going to go with Dominic Hasek. You know, he, he played with passion. And, uh, you know, as a goalie, you know, you kind of don't want them to play like that. You kind of want them to stay even keel and, you know, boring and focused and all that stuff. But, you know, the Dominator kind of let it all hang out, and he, he wanted to win. Did he ever end up winning? I don't think so. Dominic Hasek. I don't remember. I don't think he did. Was he with the... Yeah, he was with Buffalo. I can't... Where, where did he go after that? Did he play with the He was the with Stars? the Wings for a while. But did he... Were the Wings winning then? 2002 and 2008. Huh. So that would have been... Oh, that's right. He did play with the Red Wings. That's Red, right. Yeah, Red Wings and Red Wings. There you go. <clears throat> um, let me see. Defense, I'll go... Uh, I like Chris Chelios. He was a, a bruiser. He beat you up. And, and he, towards, he could score some points, man. He was a good player. So Chris Chelios, Chelios I'll go with on defense. Uh, <clears throat> let me see. Where'd my other guy go here? I'm going to come back. Hey, you know what? You know who I thought was uh, – it could be easy for me to pick a guy like Nicholas Lindstrom here. Uh, but I'll, I'll go with a guy like Brian Leach. He was consistent oh, all the time. Go. I feel like he always kind of beat the Flyers. Yeah. Um, but he, he was as steady as, as steady as you could be, man. He was a good player. Hated him because he played for the Rangers, but would have loved him if he was on the Flyers. Um, offense, offense was pretty easy for me. Uh, do you remember uh, Pat LaFontaine? Yes. That guy was good, man. I, he was another one whose career kind of, you know, got messed up with the with the concussion thing. But he was a great player to watch. Uh, I was going to pick Peter Forsberg from the Avalanche. Uh, I don't know if I could still do that. But I, I, he was a guy that I was always like, damn, he's, he's fucking good, man. Yes. And then uh, I used to really like watching Sergei Fedorov play too. And you know what? Like <laughs> – did you have him on your list? I did, yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, uh, you want me to pick somebody else? Here? No, that's I had fine. A, I had an honorable mention, but I won't I won't do it until you do your list. But Sergey Fedorov, I'll never forget. I think it was – he had five or six goals in the game one time. Uh, and that's what I really remember about Fedorov because I remember being young and seeing a guy – I think he single-handedly outscored the other team. It ended up being like 5-4 or 6-5. And I remember just being like, holy shit. Like, this guy scored six goals or scored five goals all by himself and, and won the game. Like, that is amazing. And, you know, a, a, a lot of people want to talk about Stevie Iserman and, and Nicholas Lindstrom. And I just feel like uh, Sergei Fedorov doesn't really get talked about as much as those guys. At least, you know, not around here. Maybe in Detroit, yeah. But he was he was really something to watch when, when he played, man. Yeah, I had uh, Fedorov on my list as well for the forwards. Uh, it was just, God, he was great. Uh, 
I had uh, one a little different because I had Forsberg for the Flyers list. So I put Joe Sackick on here. There you go. I always thought he was great. You know, the uh, the Sackick-Forsberg one-two punch in Colorado in the late 90s, early 2000s was, was just fantastic. And, uh, you know, he was always a step above Forsberg in terms of points. But, you know, I always liked Forsberg better as a player. And the third one, uh, more recent, Vincent LeCavalier. Huh. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> That's kind of a weird one. I was always just kind of drawn to him as a kid. You know, I believe he was on the cover of one of the the video games, and mm-hmm. I was always just fascinated by him. And I always liked his name, so uh, he's up there. The defense, I did not pick Lindstrom, but I did pick his partner, Chris Chelios. No way, really? Yes. So we picked two of the same guys. Uh huh. And uh, huh. Scott Niedermeyer is the other one. Hey, guy, he's a good player, man. He, I, I very much enjoyed Niedermeyer. I wish he was on, not with the Devils for as long as he was, but then he was with the Ducks. And it was hard to enjoy some of those guys, right? When they like, like Brian I, Leach, for example, yeah. and Scott Niedermeyer. But like, they were, they were really, really good. It just, I just couldn't watch them because I hated the Devils and the Rangers. And then my goaltender, the greatest of all time, Marty Brodeur. God damn it! <sighs> He's fucking great. I don't care what anybody says. He was ruined a lot of my childhood. Fantastic. I mean, he he did it to me too, but goddamn, he was great. <laughs> it was fucking good. He was good. <laughs> and uh, my alternates were Nick Lindstrom and Eric Stahl as a forward. I always liked Eric Stahl. That's a good one. I liked Eric Stahl too. I was gonna go with uh, Pavel Datsuk. There you I love I loved watching him play. Man, he was he was sick. Datsukian. The Red Wings had so many players that I really, really like. Yeah, me too. And then uh, one more guy. Uh, I used to like watching Brett Hall. I feel like not a lot of guys that played the way he did could score the way he did. He was kind of a dick. And he just <laughs> scored 40 goals, I feel like, every year. He was uh, notoriously hard to play against. Yeah. Uh, how many 40-goal seasons did he have here? Oh, let's fire up the old hockeyreference.com. Uh, holy shit. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine, it looks like. With wow. an 86 goal season in 1991. That's insane, man. 86 goals. 70 in 91, 92, 72 in 89, 90. What the fuck? I'm looking over some uh, some things now about Brett Hall. You know what I really wish that the Dallas Stars would bring back? Those is, green jerseys? Oh, my God, with the star shape on them? Yeah. They were sick. Why did they ever change them? No idea. I, I, I like the green that they have going on now, but their little logo, I, I'm not crazy for that. Those, those jerseys were sick. They had the greatest fucking Stars jerseys, and then they went on to those just black ones with just Dallas written on the front. Oh, that was oh, terrible. God, it's so fucking boring. How do you get rid of a jersey like that? Yeah, and then just go to uh, black. I, I mean, I love they, black, but come on. Have a uh, Marty Turco Stars jersey in that style. Didn't he, did he play for the Flyers for a little bit or no? He played with the Bruins for a while, but I think he was I, strictly in. I remember him with Chicago, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah he played with uh, Chicago. Let me just double check this here. We could do a who played goalie for the Flyers segment <laughs> and just <laughs> come up with a hundred fucking names. Dallas Stars, you Chicago for twenty nine games and then five games with the Bruins. 
All right, so never with the flyers. Nope. That's fine. Uh, let's see here. You know, Robert Esch, the Robert mm -hmm. Esch and Marty Brodeur, the two greatest goaltenders of all time. Brodeur would have been even better if Samuel Mann was in front of him. <laughs> Got me again. <laughs> Get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> we've been doing this for months now i know and i laugh every time i hate it i hate that i laugh oh god got a brodor jersey to my right on the wall got a hashik one up there and the esh one is over there uh Volkun, nabakov and kippersoff over there which have been my honorable mentions oh Volkun, that's a good one he always had the fucking greatest pads when he was with the uh predators did he play with San Jose after that or before that? Volkun? Yeah, he did play for San Jose, didn't he? He played for Washington and Florida Pittsburgh afterwards. I don't know if he ever. Oh, uh, maybe I'm thinking of Florida, yeah. Um, yeah, Nashville, Florida, Capitals, Pittsburgh. Hmm. God, he was still playing in 2014. Oh, the Frederick Fred Fredericton Canadians. Fredericton. Frederick Frederick. <laughs> what? Fred Frederick. Ton Fredericton Fredericton. Are we still are we still on right now? <laughs> Am I having a stroke? What's going on? <laughs> no, they're an AHL team, I think. Or were. Hmm. They are now the Hamilton Bulldogs, but they were the Fredericton Canadian. Fredericton. 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 Fred. Um, fuck it, their big, long, stupid French name. Well, that's it for me. <laughs> <laughs> we have clearly hit the wall. Jim, you got any uh, plugs to get on? Nah, I just finished up a show with Jack earlier, uh, High and Wide Radio. Uh, I'll have that posted later tonight. Make sure you guys check that out. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday. Uh, that's pretty much all I got going on. Come uh, follow me on Twitter, Jim underscore HW Radio. And yeah, that's about it. You'll be happy with yourself. All right. And uh, here we go. We've got a half hour's worth of fucking plugs here. Uh, at Brotherly Puck, at Brotherly underscore pod, at National Puck, at National Pod Net on Twitter. The newest issue of Brotherly Puck Weekly up now. I discuss Marner's next contract. The history of offer sheets in the NHL. If you ever wanted to know about that, I have it all written up for you. And then my thoughts, my uh, in-depth thoughts on the Voracek for Subban trade in there. Um, National Podcast Network up now. High and Wide Radio featured on that as well. Brotherly Pod and uh, six other shows at the moment, I believe. I if uh, Look for additions to that in the upcoming days and weeks. I have been on the hunt for podcasts. If you have a hockey podcast and you are not associated with anybody, I guarantee I have found you over the last couple days and uh, am in the process of listening to you right now. So expect to hear something from National Podcast Network soon. Uh, National Puck Up Now. Whole bunch of new articles up. 
uh, from sharks and golden knights and penguins and all kinds of fun stuff. If you're interested in writing for National Puck, if you want your podcast featured on National Podcast Network, uh, you can DM either one of those Twitter pages. You can DM me, email me, uh, brotherlypuck at gmail.com. Uh, OMB Puckcast, uh, the newest episode from last Monday, I believe we'll be back next week as well, at OMB Puck on Twitter. We're also on Facebook, Brotherly Puck and National Puck. Follow them and retweet it or whatever it is people do on Facebook. Uh, you can follow me at Dan the Flyer Fan. Uh, look for the new writers and podcasts as the season comes near. Uh, I will be back on Thursday night with BPW Radio as Bobby Thomas and Mike Sito join me. We will talk the assistant coaches and whatever the fuck else we're going to talk about this time of year when there's no Flyers hockey on to fill an hour. And, um, yeah, I think Jim and I will be back with uh, one or both of Mike and Brian next week. Depending on the schedules, I don't know when these fucking playoff ends, but whatever they, had, whatever this round ends, we will be back. So until then, everybody, goodbye and good night.